Hello and welcome to our first episode of our new podcast, Oggy and the Alien. Uh, this is a podcast with me and both my co-host and mother, uh, Karen Gaylord. Hello, Karen. Or mum. Hello. Whatever <laughs> you prefer. Yeah, uh, if you need to call me, just, just call me mum. But right, you whatever. can say what your name is. Oh, I'm Darcy, Darcy Gabriel. Uh, basically, this podcast is just to chat about movies, whether that's a current movie or just a movie we've seen recently. Uh, today episode, which you've probably seen by the title, is talking about King Richard, the new Will Smith movie about uh, Serena and Venus Williams. Uh, so we'll start by, I was thinking we could just start by uh, first off talking kind of spoiler free for a few minutes about our overall opinion without sort of uh, delving into any kind of spoiler territory and then go deeper after that. So if people want to avoid spoilers, they can just listen to the start. Um, yeah. And then for any kind of spoiler I stuff. So this is kind of like not a podcast that we can avoid spoilers on. Oh, 100%. Really. But I feel like we could start by giving a general opinion without spoiling too heavily. Like if we liked yeah, it, disliked yeah, it, whatever, and like then just, and then just, break it down. Are further. we going to? Um, do you want to like give them a score? I mean, we can if we want. I was not necessarily thinking that way, but if if you definitely want to, I mean, yeah, like I mean, you know, we could do it. Like um, you, I used to do it, you give it with a friend of mine. Like you <laughs> pick something out of the movie. Like you'd say, you know, like I give it. Oh, 10 tennis like, rackets. Four tennis balls, or you know. Yeah. Like, okay. Okay. Yeah. What are we? Yeah. Scoring or, or, or we could do uh, you, you score out of out of Oggies and I score out of Aliens if we want to get real cheesy. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, Although I feel like if I was to be true to Augie, I mean, he's quite a sort of laconic sort of character, so I'd have to be a bit, I'd have to score it according to what Augie would score it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, so well, you're, not, you're not scoring as him. I'll yeah, just okay. give it tennis balls. Okay, yeah. we'll give it tennis balls for today. <laughs> um, all right, well, what, what do you think, first off? Um, I really liked it. I mean, it helped that you saw it first and you really yeah. raved, like really raved about it. Um, yeah. I was already interested in it, just, um, yeah, from the point of view, like I like a good biopic and... Um, you love tennis? I like tennis, I love tennis, I've always been into tennis, so it was sort of a no-brainer that I was probably going to like it, but I liked it more than I thought yeah. So I, I saw it probably about a week ago now, so or maybe even longer. Um, I think over a week now. So uh, maybe it's a little foggy in my memory, but I, I loved it to bits. Um, and I was excited just from the trailer. I've never really been that into tennis. I like it as a for fun kind of sport, but I've never cared about uh, any kind of the events like Australia Open or Wimbledon or anything like that. Um, but I just the performances from the trailer looked fantastic. So I was just. Yeah, and I love biopics too. So I definitely went in really excited. Um, the moment I knew it was out, I just booked tickets and, and went and saw it. So I definitely liked it the whole way through. I mean, it's I'd I hate giving things a ten out of ten, um, but this is close. So you know, nine nine out of ten, nine and a half out of ten. Well, that's very very high. I'm gonna give it like I reckon it's around a seven and a half. Wow, okay. All right. Maybe an eight. I'm probably being a um, bit harsh by not No, be it. harsh. Be harsh. But uh why would you uh why do you feel that it's not as high as maybe what I would have Oh uh, well I just want to leave some room. I wanna leave a bit of give there for like 
for other movies. Yeah, I, I, like I guess I, I see it okay. as a really good, solid movie. Like really good performances, good scripts, and really good decisions in the way that they um, told the story. And then, and then I won't say it now because we're doing the spoiler-free bit. But I did really find the in ending quite interesting. Um, yeah. So I feel like they made lots of good, solid yeah. choices. For me, it's not quite in that sort of exceptional genius territory where you just oh. feel like your mind's been exploded yeah. by a film. So I, yeah, I'm I mean, just leaving a bit of give there. Yeah. For sure. There, look, there are some there are some uh, movies out there where, yeah, that there's, you know, and those are the 10 out of 10s, the ones that really you don't know what to expect necessarily and they kind of change uh, your opinion of something or, or broaden your horizons in some way. Yeah. You feel you feel awoken after you finish watching it or, or some way shaken. Yeah, uh, you feel not... like the world looks a bit different when you walk Yeah, you, you walk around with yeah. a different lens I after mean, that I mean, that's the movie. experience we all search for, I think. That's what keeps us coming back to the movies. Well, you? yeah, certainly what I what I look for. And I, I guess why I write this highly, like I, I, as I said, I'm not going to put it as a 10 because – I hesitate to do that, and there are very few movies where I'll do that for. But um, I, I definitely uh, feel that for what it was trying to do, it exceeded. It went above and beyond, and that is, you know, a hard-hitting biopic. And I think it did that really well, and it sent that message home. And for someone who never really cared about uh, any kind of sports side of tennis, I was hooked the whole way through. I didn't get bored. Uh, you know, it's a quite a long movie, but the time flew. I didn't feel it was long. Mm. Um, the mm. reason I have scored quite high is also I've watched a lot of, of movies recently, especially a more, like uh, new releases, and nothing has interested me or excited me as much as this. Mm. Mm. So in comparison of what I've seen recently, uh, this is just really up there. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And I like the way that you've done, like, just structured the beginning of the podcast to be able to give people a pricey and our our first impressions of the movie so that if they're just sort of thinking will I go and see yeah them, exactly because just get that and then they can come back later and listen totally I want to hear the rest of our discussion and, and if someone so starts cool. listening without really expecting that they were interested in watching it they may change their mind at this point and think okay I actually do want to watch this movie Let, you know I can stop this here and, and go watch it um, and this is sort of the point, yeah, to, to if you do still want to watch it, go do that um, because I think, yeah, we're just going to sort of get further into spoilers from here on out. Um, yeah. That that being said, yeah, what uh, was what sort of uh, the key moments of the movie that really made it for you? Um, oh, that's a good question. I've, I've spoken about the ending. I think the ending really made me rethink the whole film. Um, and so even that's a bit out of order, I might just talk about that because this is now going yeah, to be no, quite the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> so obviously there's a big build-up to that big game. Um, sorry, mm. I'm forgetting the big game between Venus and... Yeah, Venus I mean, it was... Oh, I, I don't even I know who it was. I think it was someone who was potentially Polish or, or something like that. Uh, and she was like the number one, and it, 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 anyway, it's doing that traditional build up. Like, here's the moment where you're going to, she's going to blow yeah. the opponent out of the water. Um, Venus is going to prove to everyone that she's 
you know, the best tennis player ever. Um, and then mm-hmm. she lost. And that, and exactly. That, and that's effectively where the movie, you know, that was the climactic moment. And then, and then, you know, it was result. The movie was resolving after that. And that really made me stop and think. I thought that's a really interesting, brave decision to do it that way. And in a way, it didn't take anything away from the amazing tennis player that Venus was then and and was still to become. Because totally, um, she was still even getting to that final was, you know, was a huge feat. Mm. And that was what, and that was recognised by the fact that she got this incredible deal. But I think what it showed me was that the whole point of the movie wasn't about showing Venus's rise in a nice, you know, mm-hmm. storied, well-trodden, here's the hero's journey kind of way. The story mm-hmm. was really Richard. It wasn't the Venus Williams movie. It was the Richard Williams movie. And so that part of the story was really about him managing, helping manage, helping Venus yeah. manage her career. Well, I certainly noticed that it was, it was, you know, it was their story told from his perspective in a way. And I felt that there was a shift towards the end or maybe halfway through or a bit further where it went from, uh, his story told by him that he was very much the director of to uh, their story, well, Venus's story specifically, um, starting to be told by her and he was losing control of that. Um, and oh, by the God. end, it's it's her story, but um, with him kind of watching. and, and that... Yeah, and he him obviously, um, like the way he's raised Venus, is he's now able to sort of take his hands off the wheel? And yeah, and that's a big. That's a really hard thing for him to do. What What I really loved is is the fact that they limited the scope to just a, a couple years, really. Yeah, um, you see a, f- a few really early kind of years, and then it skips time. A they were a lot years. younger in the beginning than I realized. Like you know, Serena oh yeah, was playing under tens, I think, and Venus was playing under twelves. Whereas I thought they were more like. 13, 14, 14, 15, that sort of age. I, I thought, really I thought Serena was like 11 and Venus was like 13 or 14. Yeah, maybe I'm maybe. wrong. I don't remember the ages too well. But, yeah, it was they were really young. And really I, I young, thought it's yeah. really interesting because often in um, Hollywood, biopics cover a long span of time. You see someone's rise to fame and then their whole journey, really. Like you see that with um, those, uh, the Elton John uh, movie and the, the one about uh, Queen where you kind of see them from start to ending in a way. Um, yeah. I guess part of the reason why they may have not done that approach is because we haven't seen the end of them. Uh, you know, Venus and yeah. Serena Williams are still <laughs> out true, there. Very true. Uh, but, think, but also... Richard's still having babies, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But, but also... Yeah. Um, there's one thing that I really admire about some foreign cinema... Um, and this may sound real, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, artsy-fartsy, but... Uh, oh, no, that's in... what you bring to the podcast, though. That's oh, what... yeah. That's <laughs> but, but the artsy <laughs> A lot of um, Italian cinema, which is something <laughs> I, 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 I really like because, you know, something I did in my studies was study Italian cinema. And there's some of the directors there, or specifically one, I think Sorrentino, um, does a lot of biopics that 
oftentimes are fictional, even though they're about real people, um, where he actually oh, creates yeah. fictional scenarios for them. So it's more like or... it's inspired by a real people. Yeah, but, but there are there are some exactly, but there are some situations where they are just kind of historic events with some uh, fictional elements as you, as you get anywhere, really. But what what I love about them about those movies is they're really often about just a single moment of that person's life. You get this really interesting figure and you watch them for a few months of their life or a few years. And they're a really pivotal point. You don't see their whole journey. You don't see their rise and fall. You see one critical moment or one exposing moment that just tells you who they are and uh, says something about them. And in some way, I feel like it's more impactful because I, it's, it's much more exposing. And that's what I liked mm. about this is it just exposes that, or highlights that one pivotal moment of their, of their few years from being just, uh, you know, just training at home uh, in their local tennis court to being on the world stage. And that happens yeah. in a few short years, really, that jump. Um, yeah. Because once the ball gets rolling, and really... it doesn't stop. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And you really see how much, um, how hard Richard has to work to take them from just 100%. a couple of kids training at home. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he was working at night, like um, night shifts to just help pay bills and stuff and was still yeah, taking also, them out you know, every day. Going around to all the coaches, yeah. taking real knockbacks. Like, he had to believe, you know, for, there are people that have dreams that they pro- someone probably needs to tap them on the shoulder and say, look, bud, it's pretty unrealistic. But I think e- everyone that thought that about him. But everyone thought that about Richard. And, and, and he proved way, them all wrong. Yeah, and in a way, look, you know, uh, it, it's such a stupid way for me to think, but I was almost thinking at the start of the film, obviously I knew, I knew that, Obviously, Serena and Venus were going to become stars, but he was quite annoying at the start. He comes off as someone yes. really annoying. He's not he that goes likeable. up to these people and, like, he's, he, you know, he puts so much pressure on the he kids that he's to always me, going to them. You know, if I was some whiz-bang tennis coach, yeah. you know, which I could be, um, <laughs> and he came along out of nowhere, just started on at me about his daughters that he'd taught himself since they were four and he had mm-hmm. a 68 page plan for their you know whole mm-hmm. entire career it'd be like oh yeah good on you buddy best of luck on you you, know. you wouldn't want to deal with it because it's too much no and you wouldn't, you wouldn't his, want to. his attitude he, he just has a like he won't but shut up really because uh, he really did have but but it worked because yeah. he he had one very important factor, and that was that he knew that uh, they were good enough. He wasn't just boasting for no reason. They could support that and, you know, go above and beyond. If he comes up to them and up to these coaches and starts raving and raving, the coach is going to assume, okay, it's just another parent who's who thinks their kids are, uh, you know, uh, the next big thing. But um, they actually were. Like, he, he knew that, and that's what made yeah. the difference. Um, the yeah. fact that they they could show off the skill. It didn't matter what he said at the end of the day. And they would often kind of uh, make that point is that he would he would talk too much even after the deal had been made or they'd gotten the coach or anything like that. He would still put his word out there. He'd try and train them still uh, whilst they're being coached by professionals. And the coaches would be like, you, you just need to step back. You've done yeah. it. He just yeah, can't yeah. let go. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a really great thing about this biopic is, um, yes, I'm sure there's a bit of, you know, rose-tinted glasses in looking at how things unfolded and they've probably taken some poetic licence here and there and making things look a certain way. Um, but the character of Richard himself feels very, I mean, we'll get into Will Smith acting that part, I'm sure, but just the way he was portrayed, like if you look at it from the point of view of the script, um, he was just portrayed, I think, in a very authentic way where you do think he's pretty unlikable in many ways. He can be pretty annoying. Mm -hmm. Yes, he's very protective of his daughters, which you really admire him for, and, you know, he gets beaten up and, and things like that. But he can also just, like, can you imagine being married to him, like, what oh, I know he's you know he's the kind of person that's like for if you want to achieve something at all costs he's he's the right person for that job but if you just want to settle down and have a nice family he's the wrong person and he's not <laughs> going to be that person at all um and you know you can like I guess there are two ways to take that as you know he's a he's a bad person or he's just very focused and um I, and you can say maybe he was he was a bad parent, but if that's what they wanted and they've gotten there, thanks to, you know, partly thanks to his guidance, then maybe that's, that they are thankful for it and maybe it was a good yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I guess, like, you know, obviously this isn't a documentary, so, you know, like, no. take it as gospel. <laughs> but it does feel like in the movie that, Venus and Serena really love their tennis and they really are enjoying oh, yeah. it and they want it. They want it. Yeah, just you can see that. They, they want it more than yeah. he does Yeah, in some ways. he Well, what they want is slightly different and that's shown at the end where, you know, he has this plan that he can't let go of and they really have to reinforce that, that no, like you've done your part, you, your plan, and you know, it's kind of not important anymore. It's what they want that's important. Um, or at least Venus, because Serena's not there yet. Um, yeah. But I really like the role of, of Serena in that because you could just see how hard it was for her to see Venus do well. I mean, at the start, she was always super supportive and cheery and smiling yeah. and stuff, but it did creep up where she was just really jealous and took it hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I did a bit of reading around afterwards because, you know, I like to get mm. onto Wikipedia after I've seen a movie like that and just... Sort of, you know, compare how much is true and what's happened since and where are people mm. now and all of that sort of thing. And, yeah, it did say something I read said Serena. Um, she used to just get bored because she loved playing tennis and they would mm. go to those junior tournaments before they stopped going to the juniors. Mm. And Serena would just, I mean, they do show it in the movie. She goes and signs herself up and but she would do that all the time and then they'd be surprised her mum and dad would be surprised that she's getting a trophy as well at the end of the, <laughs> the tournament I think um in some ways like I I don't it's such a weird visual but the visual I have in my head is that um if Venus is this is the sun like a star right uh yeah. then Serena is like a a meteorite rocketing around it and propelling off it because <laughs> yeah. even though it starts out in she starts out in venus's shadow she uses that as fuel to drive her further in a way oh yeah that's a good i like that metaphor she sort of slingshots off exactly 
Yeah, yeah. It's, because it's very even true, and I think Richard, you could say in the movie that Richard, um, mm. Richard used that Richard manipulated that sibling totally, rivalry. which you can take it how you want. That's uh, you know, could I mean, I don't think Serena feels used or abused, <laughs> yeah, you know, it worked out pretty well, yeah. And and look, you could say that Serena, you know, oh, maybe Serena's better or anything, but Serena's only as good as venus kind of o- o- only as good as she is thanks to the power that venus gave her in some ways because that fuels oh, her yeah you can't look at them in isolation no they are like i think that's what makes them stand out to anyone else and that's yeah. what the movie really showed is that they have each other yeah um, yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's phenomenal phenomenal to have one you know all-time tennis great in your family to have two that are siblings like mm-hmm. it's well, just, I don't think you don't see that no. we won't it, see it i mean in, in any sport yeah like, well i mean speaking of any sport there are two uh french rock climbers boulderers and i i love bouldering and they are brothers and they were at the olympics and they were phenomenal uh one of them i think ended up you know in the top three or or whatever i can't remember too well but the other one was injured and didn't didn't make it but they were just stellar and and you know i i I see them every day just out there this is darcy's training together (laughs) but but i think i think there's something powerful when you've got two you know unseparable inseparable people you know such as siblings working together because they can bounce off each other um and it just seems to be a very powerful motivator um, yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, for sure. Do we want to talk about um, the acting in the movie? No, we go for so it. Have you got any thoughts about that? Well, I, I wanted to talk about Will Smith. Like, you know, I grew up when I was young, you know, he was the Fresh Prince. And oh, I've seen the, all the Fresh Prince. The, yeah, you know, yeah. he had his music career and, um, yeah. and then he went, you know, did a few movies, but they were more of the type of thing like... Um, Oh yeah. God! What's the alien one? <laughs> Men in Black. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, he did some. He did some amazing. Well, he things, did. He, he did. Has, you know, um, some much more serious roles. Pursuit of Happiness. He's definitely, he's definitely a heavyweight actor nowadays, and good on him mm. for you know transforming into that heavyweight actor that he really is. Um, he, for me, he really embodies the character of Richard Williams in this. The only oh, yeah. thing is that because he's so well-known and, you know, so famous, I did find myself sort of leaving the film a few times mm. in the movie and going, oh, wow, this is doing a really good job. Yeah, <laughs> this is exactly... You know, I didn't... But that's not his... Mm. That's really not anything he can control. It's just because he's so well, famous. It's like watching totally. Elf Street or... But this know, is an issue and... that, like, really plagues... American cinema. Um, I, I'm going to get all artsy-fartsy again, but there is a lot of uh, filmmakers, filmmakers out there um, who specifically go out of their way. Uh, I shouldn't say a lot of filmmakers, but like there are a few who specifically go out of their way when casting to cast for the role, not for a celebrity. Mm. So they, if a role is meant to be, is meant to portray something uh, that isn't, you know, if you're going to have a character who's meant to be, or inspiring, powerful, or whatever, you can go ahead and cast a celebrity because they already have that presence the moment they walk on screen. But if you want to cast, if you're 
you've got a nobody or someone who's meant to be uh, just some random, then make them some random. And, and there are some directors who really understand that and will go out of their way to specifically hire people no one knows because it doesn't take you out of the film and it, it puts so much more power into the, yeah, into the yeah. story. It's like that SUV effect, like whenever you're watching an episode of SUV and you see an actor that's mm. reasonably well-known, you're like, oh, well, they're, they're not the one that is going to die. Like, they're the one that's going to be yeah, maybe a key exactly. or Like, they're going to be in it. it. It tells a story, you know, it, it tells people think about things about the story that they shouldn't really uh, know or kind of ruin it. And in some in some movies, it works great. You know, you've got your big, like, um, uh, all-star cast films that are fantastic or, you know, whether you love them yeah, or hate them, things yeah, like yeah. Love Actually, it yeah, works for those really kind of things. and you really enjoy picking out the famous faces and going, oh, that's, yeah. you know. There are some movies that, like Avengers, it's meant to just be fun. And, again, they're powerful people. So having... And a lot of people... Uh, you know, slavery works. No, here you go. But, but a lot of people will go and see a movie because they like an actor. Like, I yeah. feel like I've always um, followed Nicole Kidman's career because, again, she's someone I knew since she was in BMX Bandits. So whenever there's a Nicole Kidman <laughs> film out, I'll, yeah. like, want to go and see it because I feel like yeah. I almost know her and I want to see how to, how, you know, yeah, exactly. this movie. Um, yeah. I mean, that's me and with, so you, you know, know, Adam Driver, I'll watch anything he's in. In a movie. In this, mm-hmm. I would have preferred to have forgotten that I was watching Will Smith. But um, but having said uh, that, yeah. like, in no way did it um, really detract from my enjoyment of the film. I, I was on the fence with that because, uh, uh, you know, in, in some ways uh, I feel that, yeah, they could have benefited from having someone you don't really know, so you're in the film much more but at the same time uh on on you know it's such an eccentric role and Richard is such an eccentric character who in real life it acts as though he's already a celebrity um and really just and of course he is now but back then yeah the King Richard show he walked around as if he you know owned the place he took he took that uh, big shot stars, uh, you know, cart that he would drive around. And he was just like, that's mine now. Um, like he, he yeah. acted like the king and that's why it's called that. And I feel that it benefited in some ways from having someone who already kind of has a presence. You know, when, when Will Smith's there, you kind of, you've already got an understanding of of what kind of actor he is and what kind of um, tone it's going to set. He's going to be weird. He's going to be funny. He's going to be... Uh, um, crazy he's going to be emotional you know like he's really dynamic uh as an actor you can go from really sad to really funny or just be really out there um and i think that he did that really well and i can't really imagine anyone else playing that that role yeah it is Um, hard to imagine anyone else playing the role that's for sure yeah so Um, i feel for this movie it worked really well Um, especially because there weren't a lot of other big names aside from some of the coaches yeah yeah um, sorry, I'm even struggling to name some of the other actors. Yeah, it's terrible because I do know the faces, so I should have looked. Well, I it. just know that that one sort of main coach is as um, Shane from The Walking Dead, <laughs> and he, he oh, was an yeah. awful character in The Walking Dead, but I love him in this, um, in this movie. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, his character in this movie was just fantastic. Is, is he Massey, the mustache guy? Oh, yeah, the yeah, bad yeah. haircut, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I like the haircut. 
it was a bit of a bowl cut, but um, oh yeah. Uh, the the young Serena and Venus. What what did you think about those girls that played those oh, parts? I mean, they just did it perfectly. I was kind of, I would forget that they were acting the whole way through. I yeah. felt like I was really there, you know, and that's yeah, part yeah. of what made it so fantastic because they just they really sold it. The, both the writing and the acting working hand in hand with, obviously, you know, whatever the director was was helping them with. But but yeah. Yeah, I just think it was they were just they really, were so important to this they movie made it, being a success. Yeah. yeah, and I love those moments where you just saw them being kids and you almost felt mm-hmm. like the camera had been left on, and they were just. Yeah having fun like it felt very genuine that they were totally that was so good at that um totally some of their friends were that the acting wasn't as tight so some of it felt some of their lines felt a little forced or a little uh i don't know hammed up but the way that they played it off was was just perfect um sorry yeah Yeah. Um, um i I really liked that was one of the things, you know, a lot of what Richard did was really questionable in his training for them. But his thing about um about modesty, uh being modest and humble, humble. Oh, when he made them watch Cinderella. Uh, well, not necessarily the watching Cinderella thing, but <laughs> but the yeah, whole the thing. idea that he he cared about them being humble, I think was one of the best parts about the movie because he he saw how hard it was for these other kids dealing with their parents, putting all this pressure on them because their parents just wanted, as he said, people look at these kids and see money. They see fame. Yeah. You know, yeah. And he's, like, that's something he yeah, said. And he's like, I don't want, I don't want people to, I don't want people to be interested in them because they can make them a lot of money. I want them to be interested in them because they are the best tennis players in the world. You know, yeah. that's the sort of attitude he had. And, and he wanted, people to respect them not just you know yeah. like their money or like you know their fame um and part of that is that he, yeah he wanted them to be humble and not forget where they come from not forget who they are yeah um, yeah um that on that along those same same lines of respect respect was obviously a big part of what drove him um there's that scene at a tennis club where they're sitting around the table and those um to I don't know what they were sort of spots. That was one of the best scenes in the like, movie. Yeah. We're going to put, you know, we're willing to invest a million bucks. We can get our tennis rackets and mm-hmm. things like tennis rackets. rackets. <laughs> yeah, we got rackets. <laughs> <laughs> and and that... he made some. Co- and one of the businessmen, you know, said, "Oh, it's, you know, you've done a fantastic job with it." Mm. And he really called him on it. And I just thought, you know, that perspective. Like, in some ways, it's an innocent comment. Like, you just say it unthinkingly, and that's that unconscious bias that mm-hmm. was coming through, which he really mm-hmm. called out. Yeah. yeah, because at first, when I was watching that scene, I was I was like, why is he just kind of agitated with them? Why is he not listening? Why is he not making this deal happen? Yeah, I thought this like was he what was he wanted. Sort of I was like, this, he's getting difficult. handed everything he wants, and he's, he's throwing it back at them. But as he kind of expressed what what he was thinking it became much clearer and, um, I, you know, you can quickly see that, yeah, this is not right. This isn't right. And he knows that. And I, I love that he didn't take it, you know. Mm. he Even though they were handing him what he wanted, it, the terms of that, he would have lost his, you know, dignity. He would yeah. have lost what made yeah. him. Yeah, he would have felt like he was selling his daughter as well. I think. Yeah. To, yeah, to, exactly. To the wolves, you know. 
Um, exactly. And yeah. that's, I think so that's. It was a good lesson in, in how to be a, mm. you know, a sort of a, how to be, how to be the parent of a kid that's going to be, you know, well, I've had to go through that myself as, as your mum, you know. Oh, being a superstar. Um, yes. Yep. Yeah, I've had to <laughs> Super really tough. teach you to be humble and all of that. I know. Yeah, I know. Not sell you out to the highest bidder. But no, I think it, it really does show, like, that's one thing you can't um, criticise the character mm. of Richard Williams about, and that's his protectiveness of his daughters, um, of Venus and Serena. Of course, I, I feel like I do need to mention, and again, this is not a documentary, but he did have five other children. Um, to yes, another, that's to something another, I found. Uh, partner, and that's they were, I found very you know, strange. He, he basically abandoned those kids. I think largely. So you know, I think he's either a hundred percent or he's oh, yeah. gone. Well, that that's one of the things that was really confusing to me when I was watching it was that um, I. I couldn't tell if these were his kids or friends of Serena and Venus. At first, I thought they were just oh, really? friends because oh, no. they yeah, were no. the older kids. The older girls in the house mm-hmm. were not his daughters. They, his wife, had been married before, and her husband had died, mm-hmm. and they were her children. Yeah, no, I understand. I understand yeah. that these were their kids, not biologically necessarily for both of them what i mean is i just thought that they at first i was confused and thought that they might have been family friends um or like no no so they were his stepdaughters but then he had five other kids to a previous partner that he didn't see at all and are not in the movie they get referenced well i I knew about yeah i knew about the son because she mentions him turning up the son uh yeah. yeah and that's one of the yeah the the weirdest both weirdest and kind of saddest parts of the movie is he's you know he's he loses a lot in his focus like he gained a lot from that but he lost a lot too um and yeah that scene between it's our scene our scene or she's called and she's also called brandy the mum the scene in the nice house in florida Mm-hmm. When she confronts Richard, I mean that—that's me one of the was, best scenes in the oh, whole movie. I was just so wrapped up in that; like, it really felt like two people who'd been oh, married yeah. for years, seen the best and worst of each other, and were just being as mean as they could to each other, and yet there's still that tenderness between them as mm-hmm. well. Well, I think you know. If you're with someone that long, like it's not, it's not necessarily about, yeah, about um, being. It's you're not there just for for romance or anything. You're there because you have just a so, bond. Yeah, it's not about the mushy. Yeah, yeah, and that that part of that's the kids. You know, she said, "I'm not here for you. I'm here for for them. I'm here for the kids. If you think I'm here for you, mm. you're a fool." Like that's kind of what that's pretty much what she said. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. But there, you know, there of course is always going to be some sort of bond, whether that's you know romance or not, which probably isn't. Um, you still have a bond, a connection, you know, as, as you do with any family. You can't live with someone that long and not uh, be connected, um, even if you don't like them anymore. Mm. So I think that's that's part of the reasons what why they fight so hard for it as well, especially especially the mum. Richard didn't really, and he for, 
forgot to care about other things. Um, but I think that's one of the things that she was really driving home because you could see in that moment how just frustrated and, and angry and fed up she was with how, like, you know, he'd done a lot for, for Serena and Venus, but he, you know, neglected everything else. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Although he and, did and, make them take the whole family when they moved to Florida. <laughs> He did oh yeah, pay for the house, <laughs> yeah. House but I mean, all of them and all that sort of stuff. Maybe but that, yeah, maybe no, he did that, yeah. you his know, out of guilt. His energy was like, definitely, yeah, yeah. I mean, that that could have just been, in some ways. I mean, he, you kind of have to in that situation. But he also could have been doing it because he felt bad and was saying, "Oh, look, I'm rewarding you guys for putting up with this." Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, that's probably but, uh, part of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've, I've lost my train of thought on that one. But, uh, yeah, that's... Well, can it. I um, cut in and yeah. talk about a part of the film, contra- controversially, there's one scene in the film that mm. I actually think could have been cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, it just sticks... It sort of sticks out like a bit of a wart, you know, like it just... I don't understand why it's there, really. Um, I don't necessarily believe it actually happened like it felt very hard to believe and I don't know if you know with the scene that I'm referring to um, but it's after the dad got beaten up yeah when he goes it's with the gun to kill that guy or yeah. threaten or something you don't know what he's gonna do well yeah. for one like he was obviously driving around the neighborhood trying to find this dude mm-hmm. and this little gang of friends mm-hmm. so but that immediately felt wrong to me because immediately I'm thinking he wouldn't go looking for trouble. Like he's all about protecting his family. He See, would just go home. Like I don't get why I think he'd go that, looking for them. I think that um what I, I found that scene to be really um important because it felt pivotal to to who he is in a way because it shows you like to me yeah i felt that he was someone who was always a little bit unhinged in a way um he he was very eccentric and very just just, contained and i what's that sorry keeping it contained like the other time when he got attacked his daughters were there so i guess Mm -hmm. that kept him contained well that's the thing i think that you obviously he's not going to do anything crazy in front of them and wants to protect them when they're there but i think part of that that his his desire to protect them in a way led him to want to because this guy was just obviously was just bad news he wouldn't stop harassing him and his family and he was like this you know this could end badly if I don't do something about it or whatever. There's no way to justify it, and but it it's well, more. Well, it says something also, about who he is, and not not a good thing. Um, it well, says, there's the con- the broader context as well. In that you remember just before that they were out having dinner at like McDonald's or something, and he leaves before they even start eating and says, "I'll see you back at home. I've got to go do something." Hmm. But and so you think, what's this important thing? He's got to go and do, and he just goes to the tennis court. And he's just there being unhappy and, you know, obviously just very unhappy and not knowing what to do. And Mm. then those guys come and attack him. So I feel like he was Mm -hmm. already at a point of breaking. Mm -hmm. 
I think um but what 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 was really like is that was a real turning point for him and you know if it was real which I'm assuming it, it was is a really pivotal moment for that person's life in a way like he could have gone down a, a bad path and there was a not so subtle undertone of um the violence against black people in the movie uh, which was oh. highlighted from when the police showed up um and yeah. or the yeah. news reports that were going on and yeah. obviously the violence that they were experiencing i mean gl- growing up in compton like you know but you... exactly but yeah. his he had a moment where he was going to you know because he, he was Shoot constantly trying to be be street. above that in a way yeah he was constantly trying to be above it and be like we can set a new example we don't need to be this way the way that you know uh yeah. people always expect and, and us that, to be i think that's what bothered me about this scene was because he seemed to be all be about like, but that's the yes, thing we're like here, but we're not like everybody else totally but that's the thing like it's it's a hard it's a hard scene to watch because for a moment for you you realize that he isn't a fictional character he's a real person and he's not going to be in a lot of fictional stuff the main character is different than everyone else and they are always going to be somehow better than everyone else in a lot of fiction yeah, right. not all fiction but like you know like you get a lot of characters who for some in some reason are just different and better and they change the world in some way but this just really hit home that he's he's human and that he isn't perfect and he can slip up and he can fall back into these dark places because he i think he reverted to his almost childhood self where he experienced it more than ever um he taught referenced that quite a few times you know his childhood being really just hard and i think he was in some ways toning it down because he was talking to his kids or talking to other people um he would tone it down but i think it was an awful experience for a child um and i think part of it was he was using his old mentality to solve the problem um yeah and when when the other guy ended up being shot by someone else which was just really shocking um i think that just kind of woke him up a bit and was like this isn't yeah. who i am this was yeah 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 i still but have I th- a lot of trouble yeah. believing that scene happened the way that it's shown you know the fact that he's literally crossing the road raising the garden about to pull the trigger and a car drives past with a with a gunman and shoots down. Oh, I'm sure it didn't stuff. play out exactly like that, but I'm sure. Like but, it does fell. Yeah, that's just yeah. the timing but I think, of that. Is, is, totally, but I think know, what they were trying to do, you know, is is compress a larger idea that would have been an issue for Richard across many years of his life into a moment yeah, in the movie. So. I mean, we'll never because, really know. I don't think because I'd. Like yeah. I did do some research and I haven't uncovered where he was asked about that particular thing and whether, you know, mm. like as far as I can see, we'll never know if mm. that actually did happen the way it is in mm. the Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way to me it felt, you know, they obviously had to, speed it up and, and express something that's really deep and, and emotional in a very short amount of time because the movie was already quite long as it was so i guess yeah, you know you could say you could say it could point. be cut because it's it's throwing a lot at you out of nowhere in some ways but it's really pivotal to who he is um 
as a, as a character and a person. And I, I don't, I think the movie wouldn't hit home without, without every scene in it, including that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And Bass is pulling a cat hair off his microphone. Yeah. My cat was getting involved earlier, um, <laughs> trying to rub up on the mic. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anything else about the movie that you wanted? To oh, know? I mean, I feel like there's there's a million things, but but honestly, I think that's sort of the the gist for me that it was phenomenal, but a real roller coaster. You know, a lot of up and down, and and I watched it on my own, but. I really felt uh, like I was being held the whole way through in a weird way. Uh, it, it really felt like the, the director just pulled you in and carried you the whole way through. You know, I never got bored. I never checked the time. I never, a lot of movies recently that, that it just seemed to be getting longer and longer. I'm, I'm just checking my watch. I'm checking the time, just being, you know, thinking, wow, is yeah. this, is this still going? It, you know, like, where is this wrapping up? But even yeah. though this was, you know, two hours and 40 minutes, I think, it, it didn't feel it. Um, it needed no, every in minute. Fact, I sort of wanted it to continue. Because oh, I totally. To, I wanted That's to watch what... the next instalment, yeah. you know, when they go around and conquer the world, basically. But um, I guess that gets a bit boring after a while. And that's what makes it, you know, <laughs> you got to finish on a high note. Like they left with you with so many questions and so many possibilities, but those are answered by reality, you know. By history, you can see, yeah. You know that she's going to become the next big thing. So we don't need to see that. We just need to see the, the most important moment for, for her, for Venus. Yeah. Um, which, was, which was losing. I think that was really important. But losing uh, and still winning, like... The fact that she lost that game and thought that, you know, she was so downcast and so, um, you know, felt like she'd let everybody down. And then, you know, mm-hmm. her mum and dad obviously come and tell her, you know, it's all good, don't worry about it. And then, but then they walk out and there's just crowds of young girls and particularly, um, yeah. you know, non-white kids just there in all their glory going i think you can say black but yeah oh well Um, yeah i mean just a really diverse group like it was very diverse group like it wasn't just yeah well especially because every every single other person in the tennis scene in the movie and in real life uh, uh, you know as far as i've seen is is white really Um, yeah and tennis and is just one of those sports that is for rich people, like same as golf. Exactly, which was another thing. To be white, you know, well-off people. Mm-hmm. Always, always the things that are hard to access because you need access to equipment and and gyms and stuff. Uh, yeah. The the ones that you know. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, it's why you know, uh, I guess things like golf as well are often a rich person sport, which. Yeah, it's a very controversial sport as well because of that. Um, but, you you know, you, they're very expensive and exclusive and I think they really yeah. amp up the exclusivity um, to keep keep it that way. It's artificial. It's still, um, you know, a fairly wealthy person's sport. Like I don't see a lot of people in, in the developing world playing tennis. But um, Yeah. But um, it's worth mentioning... Oh God, I I think it's Venus, but it might be Serena. 
or it might be both of them, but they've um, poured money into a charity that helps young people from, um, you know, yeah. privileged backgrounds get into that's, town. So. Exactly. And that's sort of, yeah, that's um, what's kind of important because a lot of this exclusivity is, you know, obviously arbitrary, but it's also uh, made artificially. You know, a lot of this equipment yeah, just shouldn't be so health. expensive. It, yeah. And, you know, the clubs shouldn't be so expensive. They should have public it's, places. It's probably worth um, us saying that we're recording this the day after Ash Barty won the Australian Open Women's Singles I did not know that. <laughs> she won the, oh, my goodness, Darcy. I haven't watched, watched by about any 4 of the sport. million Australians last night, yeah. including me. Um, okay. She, you know, has an Indigenous heritage. She's just an incredible young woman. I think she's 25. She actually left the sport eight years ago because she felt burned wow. out. And there's a story um, that Venus, or was it Serena? Oh, it's terrible that I keep getting my stories. I need to go back and check. But either Venus or Serena, actually I think it was Serena, wrote Ash Barty a note when she decided to quit the sport eight years ago. And wrote her a note or a text and said, you shouldn't quit, you know, there's still so much, you know, tennis needs you, you have so much mm. to do. And um, anyway, I think Ash went off and did other things for a few years and then came back and now she has this wonderful team around her that, um, you know, a coach that um, she just adores and, um, you know, she's got a trainer and she's got a fiancé and whenever mm. she talks about, you know, whenever she wins a big event, she'll thank her team and talk in terms of we did this, um, which, you know, just in, um, makes her sound incredibly humble um, in those mm -hmm. moments when, you know, people do get carried away with themselves. So anyway, just yeah, coming okay. from an Indigenous heritage. And um, when she was presented the um, the the cup, the tournament trophy last night. It was presented to, to her by Yvonne Gulagong, who um, another Indigenous tennis player, who I think won the Open in about 1976 and, um, and also won Wimbledon and lots of other tournaments, so another legend. And um, Yvonne Gulagong is an absolute um, hero to Ash Barty. So it was just a wonderful moment in tennis. Um, and it does relate back to the movie a little bit because um, mm. I think, uh, again, I need to check facts. <laughs> I'm not being very factual here, but I think that Ash beat Serena at Wimbledon Ooh. last year. <laughs> um, they've certainly played Could each be. other. Anyway. Yeah. They've certainly played each other plenty of times. I wow. think. And, um, you know, so you might say Serena's career is, is starting to... Um, be on the wane. I mean, she's 40 now. Take um, she hasn't retired. Wow, but, yeah. um, I mean, for I most sport professionals, I mean, often they peak like in their 20s and stuff. Like, it's just, it depends on the sport, of course. I mean, golf, you could probably have anyone you know, 80 years old still chucking. The <laughs> I, don't um, know. I don't know. But, what uh... fit you need to be to play golf, but. <laughs> But yeah, tennis is definitely. I mean, there is plenty of people. Oh, still, like I, it's I think insane. That's a lot of the male I mean, 
team, of... the male top players that are still around in their forties. But yeah. it's tough. It takes a toll on your body. But yeah, I mean, I think regardless like of how in the yeah. game, I feel like the game is in good hands. You know, there's there's still mm. there's still people that you can look up to that you go, you didn't come from the typical background. Yeah, exactly. you, know what I mean? you you beat what everyone expected of you in a way. Um, yeah. And I really loved the fact that they weren't rich, um, Serena and Venus, you know. Obviously, like, that's it, it for, for, for what it meant for the sport in a way because it wasn't just showing that black people can play tennis. It showed that <laughs> you don't need to be wealthy you don't need to be powerful you don't need to have resources because they had to get those resources yes but they didn't do it because they were rich that's the important thing like they they got it because of their hard work and they proved that you don't you if you if you are dedicated enough you can beat the systems in place you can um make changes and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter where you come from it's about where you're going and what what how you how you how you're dedicated you are you know um Mm. so uh, did you find this inspiring like oh i mean i i've left the cinema ready to play tennis that's for sure i mean definitely it's inspiring i mean for me or like i'm you know i'm not gonna i'll never say never but i'm not gonna be the uh world champion in any kind of sport but uh it it, it motivates me in a way to, to to uh do more interesting things um just take on things that interest me you know obviously don't i personally and you know what whatever don't really care about uh getting to the levels that they they aspire for in the movie um or in any kind of uh movie like it but it on a personal level taking it away as something to just inspire you to just step outside your comfort zone a bit a, a little bit and and explore new things tr- try new things i mean uh i it made me want to just explore realize realize that you don't have uh, you you don't really have to just always follow the norm in your life and you can just explore things if you want to do something out there you can just try it nothing's necessarily stopping you all the time and and um, if you want to do something, do it. That, that's sort of my takeaway from it, and it was really inspiring. Mm. Well, that's probably a good spot to wrap well, it. What about you? What, what, what was your sort of takeaway? Did, did it inspire you? Um, it made me think about people that go to extremes, like Richard Williams, and, and the impact that they have mm. on the world. You know, like Greta Thunberg, you know, um, mm. she's She's an extreme person, but she's having a profound impact on That's the world. The thing, and I isn't often it? think that the people who have the biggest impact on the world are extreme people. They don't they don't care, you know. They don't care. And so people try to put them back in their box and they're just like, no. Nah, there's just no shame, there's no anything. There. They just they just yeah. do what they have and to so because what they inspires me. You know, Darcy, I have this saying um, which comes from a show that you used to like called Lean Into the Skid. So oh, yeah, that's yeah. my saying. That's not what the show was called. But, you know, like, and to me, Lean Into the Skid means just be yourself. Be who you are. Mm. 
you know, lean into who you are and don't yeah. apologise for being, I mean, unless you're a serial killer, then maybe don't lean into it. But, you know, lean into the I things mean... that you love to do. <laughs> um, don't worry if other people think it's daggy or dorky or <laughs> silly. Yeah. You know, if you like getting dressed up and um, reenacting, you know, fantasy scenes with your friends on a Saturday night, you know, you do that. Like, do you? Because mm. that's the way that you actually live your best life. And, and exactly. you know, and the ones that many, yeah, sometimes you have an impact, a broader impact on the world. Yeah. By in in a good way, by well, yeah, doing what makes you? I think what made those people like because obviously Serena and Venus are doing exactly what you said. They're being true to themselves and not caring. But I think what makes oh, them be from well, no, no, I know. But what I think makes Richard different and people like Greta Thunberg different is that they're not just being themselves and doing what they want. They are doing something with the greater purpose. They aren't just doing what they personally like and not caring, which is kind of what yeah, Venus sure. and Serena do. They are they are doing what they want to do and not caring and being the best at it. But Richard and, and Greta are doing something because they know it means more than themselves. It means more than their own life. It's yeah, right. Richard's, you know, creating a legacy for his kids and the world and Greta's trying to change the world in, by, you know, changing the environment and, and making... Uh, sustainable changes I think that's sort of the difference in my mind that they're doing something bigger than themselves and they yeah. probably lose yeah. lose parts of yeah. themselves in the process but it's often those people that we find uncomfortable to be around because you know we're so totally so obsessed they're fanatical they're, that's all they want to talk about it's kind of scary because it's 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 someone who is just trying to change things and doesn't care and you can't do anything about it you can't say uh, say say anything to to un- inspire them or motivate them. They are just gonna do what they have to, yeah, and that's that's yeah. that. It, it's scary, um, and obviously it can be both a, ba- a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, you've got Hitler, who is the extreme end of, of that. Yeah, somebody um, should have definitely said to him, "You're going too far." Like one hundred percent. Yeah, but um, it, when it's when that kind of motivation is is. Uh, directed at a good, good. Yeah. yeah it's directed at a good uh thing yeah you don't and, want to be yeah. one of those people telling them yeah. to be quiet sit down and be quiet which a lot of people do say yeah it's kind yeah. of yeah yeah let's like... not be one of those people <laughs> exactly i think yeah. that's why i take away from it and i also take away the fact that you know follow your dreams do what you want to do and if follow it's dreams, for a do what you purpose, want to do. All the better. That's yeah. that's the uh, sort of tagline of this episode. Follow dreams, do what you want to do. Yeah, same here. I I loved it. I would watch it again. I I left wanting to watch it again, and I probably will watch it again. So, um, is that everything you've got to say yeah. about it? Um, yeah, that's that's about it for the film. Um, did mm. we want to just talk generally? We've been talking for about an hour, but um. Mm. Did we want to talk why about why we're doing this podcast, about why we're into movies, or do you want to just leave that as something yeah. we'll talk about from time to time? We can we can touch on it. 
Okay. So, so for you, what? Why did you want to do a podcast about movies? I mean, partly because you invited me to, and I've always wanted to do a podcast. So, so that was a big, uh, big tick for me. Was I mean, it my I just—I I thought it was your idea. I thought you invited me. Oh, it was one of our ideas. We were, you know, just chatting, and it came up. But either way. <laughs> It came up. I've always wanted to do a podcast, and you were actually genuinely excited for it. So it kind of just happened. And I love movies so much. I feel like there's something special about them that makes them really, truly unique to other other mediums. Um, it, it allows you to be immersed. There are, of course, limitations to the medium, but I, I just, I just love movies. You can get so much about them, learn so much about the world. Um, I feel that a good movie is as important as a good book. So that's, yeah, I, I could talk endlessly about films. So I think that's, that's really why I, why I'm um, here doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that was saying, I've always loved movies. So I, I just, um, ever since I was a teenager and I discovered um, James Dean, I'm not that old, like, James Dean retro <laughs> when I was a teenager. But you I know, when you said that, that um, for a moment, I forgot who James Dean was. Oh, <laughs> when you said that, I had to think. I see, I'm going to be the person, <laughs> you know, who's reminding you of film heritage. Because hey, um, I, I have watched really a lot of my favorite movies are from like the 70s and, and 80s. Oh, the 70s and 80s. Oh, I so mean, Alien. Really <laughs> Alien is 1979. <laughs> you know that's not ancient at all, like especially to me. Uh, yeah, fair enough. But I anyway, mean, um, <laughs> I, can I finish my little anecdote? When yes, I was growing up, we had a we had a video shop just sort of down down the street at the local shops, and I discovered that they had all the James Dean films. So I just went in and each week hired another James Dean film and, and there's only I think there's only three oh, or four man. of them because he died so young but mm. I just watched them all and I loved seeing his evolution and then looking at who directed them and you know who mm. wrote them and understanding how they came to be and you know all the choices that the mm. creatives make to That's put together a film like that and so, ever since then I've yeah. just loved it yeah yeah sorry um it's just interesting that you said that because often so many people um, get fixated on the actors when it comes to a movie and sometimes the directors, you know, if it's some big, big name director, but um, a lot of the time when people talk about movies, they're talking about uh, the actors, you know, oh, blah, blah, blah is a good actor. This movie was good because of, of this actor. You know, it's it's very rarely that people think about the writer or or other creators behind it, aside from the director, really. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you know how much impact. I love, you know I, how much I love literature and words. Of and course. so I think when I came, when I fell in love with film, I came from it from the perspective of having studied literature and been in love with um, the way that a good story is constructed and the choices that writers make mm. in the way, you know, like do you have... A, a narrator that's reliable or are they unreliable in the way mm. they're telling the story? What sort of symbolism is being used to um, add depth of meaning to the way that this story is being told? And why is it being yeah. told sequentially or non-sequentially? And, you know, and so when I fell in love with film, I just saw it through those that sort of same prism of 
why are they telling it this way? And why did they choose? That's amazing. To, yeah, start with that. Yeah. And why is this important? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, non-linear ways to te- to tell a story, and film really allows you to do that in such interesting ways. You can just show people images out of order and let them reconstruct it. In, in a book, you can kind of show scenes, but it's it's written, and there's always a difference there. Um, I love when a movie doesn't need to say or anything explicitly; it just it just shows oh. you. Um, Obviously, it's a famous and overused thing, show, don't tell, but yeah. I mean, we're going to talk about our favourite movies at some stage, but our our title of our podcast is a hint as to what our favourite movies are. Um, But the one that I reference back to, I won't name it because I'll keep you guessing, but um, there's actually whole scenes in that that have very little dialogue. Mm. And it's more about the negative space. That's the same about the one night. Yeah, my my favorite. Um, it's very, uh, yeah, it, it's very silent a lot of the time. Um, really atmospheric, uh, quiet, moody, um, on the edge of your seat the whole way. Mm. 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 Having said that, our two favorite movies are poles apart in style and genre, but one hundred percent films. Both good films, so we'll oh, get yeah. on to that another time. Do we want to talk about the next movie we're going to discuss? Yeah, we can. We can. Yeah. All right. Well, you so, um, yes, I will bring up the title um, because I know the English name. So it's The Summit of the Gods, which is a French movie. It's animated, mostly set in and around Japan and Nepal, um, following following uh, Japanese characters. So um, it's a French movie, but it kind of feels like you're watching an anime in some ways um, because of all the Japanese themes throughout it. But it is uh, essentially a movie about a... Don't give too uh, much away. No, but I'm going to give a little synopsis. Yeah, but we're going to do that at the start of the next podcast. Maybe, yeah. But we can just... It gives people an idea. So uh, let me find the, the French name. So I might just say while you're doing that, I can hear you typing, by the way, <laughs> while you're doing that, that um, uh, we'll probably take it in turns, do you reckon? To you, so this is your pick. Um, yeah. Well, I reckon after that we could probably watch your favourite movie. Maybe. Oh, another option I was thinking was that we could try to do sort of six degrees of separation in honour of, um, oh, my God, the actor, the six degrees of separation. Oh, Kevin Bacon? Yeah, in honour of Kevin Bacon, we could try and do um, movies, like talk about how the two movies re- are related. Like is, is right. your pick, what's it called again, the movie that you've picked, The Summit? Uh, the Summit of the Gods. The Summit of the Gods, how is it? Does it relate at all to King Richard? Or maybe that'll just be my thing. I'll try and find a connection between. Them. I mean, you can go for it. You can go for it. Um, I mean, they're both about they're um, such... humans doing phenomenal, phenomenal feats. And that is certainly a theme in um, movies I like. Um, but yeah, this that's true. Yeah, that's the French true. title, you like people being pushed to yeah. their limits. Yeah. So the French title of the movie is Les Sommets des Deux. I could be pronouncing that completely wrong, but it 
translates to the summit of the gods more or less um and is about uh climbers trying to conquer uh man everest in some ways not necessarily about that exclusively um but that is a kind of an overarching so very different style and genre but but yes both about people overcoming great odds totally uh yeah it's very awe-inspiring and you know wide range of emotions again but i i think that is enough for, for now so thank you for listening been great chatting um we'll see you next week so let's shall we get started you ready <laughs> right I am well and truly ready. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> so we've Sorry. started now. No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll introduce it. Just I'll let you get a drink. Okay. Oh, sure. Bye. <laughs> Such a mom. <laughs>